We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 389 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Wednesday, August 31st, 2022, the final day of August, the first day off the formation of the Commander's initial 53-man roster for the 2022 season and the day after Commander's running back Brian Robinson Jr. was back at the team facility in Ashburn, Virginia, just two days after he and Washington, D.C. got shot multiple times. He is out of the hospital and was already back at team headquarters. Uh, The Commanders put out a great video of his return, including him being greeted by head coach Rod Rivera and running backs coach Randy Jordan. A terrible story is actually playing out in a pretty great way. Hello and welcome to this Wednesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast, the only Washington, D.C. sports podcast or show that is with you every weekday, Monday through Friday, and out by the 5 a.m. hour each weekday, and often much earlier than that. You don't have to guess when episodes of this podcast are coming out. It's pretty simple. Monday through Friday, each morning, out by the 5 a.m. hour, and often much earlier than that. Uh, I have for you in-depth reaction to and analysis of the commander's initial 53-man roster for the 2022 season. And we emphasize that word initial because it sure seems like things are going to be changing. Uh, But it ended up being that there were some surprises. And pretty clearly, we are going to see some change uh, before the regular season opener a week from this Sunday. Ron Rivera uh, made that pretty clear in his post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon. You will be hearing a whole lot from Ron over the course of this show. Next segment, I'll talk commander's offense, including where things stand with Brian Robinson Jr., who is on the 53-man roster for now and maybe for good. Uh, Also, five tight ends are on the commander's 53-man roster. And then I'll talk commander's defense. Just four corners are on 
the 53-man roster, but that doesn't seem like that'll be the case for long. And we did have some surprise cuts on defense. Uh, corners Danny Johnson and Corn Elder, linebacker Kalik Hudson, all gone, at least for now. They could be coming back via the practice squad. Uh, also on the show, one of the worst days of the season for the Nationals. And that's saying something because they this season have had many bad days, but it turns out that the Nats' top pitching prospect, Cade Cavalli, is going to be placed on an injured list and is essentially done for the season. This off him having just made his major league regular season debut this past Friday night. And another top Nats prospect, shortstop Brady House, appears to be done for the season. And the Nats on Tuesday night got ripped by the worst team in the American League and the second worst team in the majors, the Oakland A's at 10-6 was the final at Nationals Park. Uh, I will black box a woeful day for the Nats coming up later in the show. And I'll talk Orioles. Uh, They on Tuesday night fell at the American League Central leading Cleveland Guardians 5-1 as the O's totaled one hit. Uh, The O's are not hitting right now, although there is exciting news because two more highly regarded Orioles prospects are on the way to the majors. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Thelonious Funk on a variety of commander's items and also on an email from a police officer, Officer Martin, that I read on Tuesday's show, episode 388, uh, writes Thelonious Funk. And Thelonious, if that's your real name, uh, that is an outstanding name, man. Thelonious Funk. That's like a pro wrestling name. You could be a distant cousin of Terry Funk and Dory Funk Jr. Uh, Anyway, writes Thelonious, my only connection to this team is listening to you and the other voices I've enjoyed since I moved here in 1999. Ultimately, it was the Sean Taylor jersey retirement debacle that drove me away. I'm certain the owner used it as a distraction. This organization (laughs) keeps drizzling on my head and telling me that it's rain. Uh, It's been like Groundhog Day listening to Ron Rivera tell us about discipline being the reason for lack of pass rush or why the defense can't get off the field on third downs. I thought that this would be solved if everyone showed up to OTAs, according to Ron. The lack of depth at linebacker and defensive back is confusing because Ron has known since last year the team was lacking at these positions and still did not address these positions with any significant players. Carson Wentz will be Carson Wentz, mediocre at best. Scott Turner's offense will lack explosiveness even with pieces in place. And Rod will blame injuries. Defense will underwhelm and continue to get paper cut up and down the field because the defense can't get off the field. Finally, I want to address Officer Martin's email. I'm a 20-plus year Army veteran. I truly respect the police, but to say they're scared to do their jobs, to me, is an excuse. Military service members were some of the most hated people on the planet after Vietnam and other conflicts, but we still did our jobs. Service equals sacrifice. Do what's right, and you shouldn't fear repercussions. Love the podcast. Thanks for allowing me to vent a little. Uh, Thank you for the email, Thelonious, and thank you for your service. A salute to you. So yeah, I don't want to speak for Officer Martin, but I think that he was just pointing out the challenges of policing 
since 2020. He actually wrote me another email. It read in part as follows. I could go on and on, but please don't get me wrong. I love being a police officer. I feel it called to me. I was a mechanical engineer and left for this career, and I wouldn't change a thing. I know from experience dealing primarily with youth in my role at my department that the juvenile system is really bad. We can arrest juveniles with guns in a stolen car. Where do we take them? Not to jail. Nope, we take them home to a guardian who is usually mom or grandma. Majority of the time, dad is nowhere to be found. No penalties for crimes. The crimes will continue. Uh, So some more powerful perspective from Officer Martin, uh, someone who is actually on the front lines of battling crime. I always value the opinions of people like Officer Martin and like our friend Thelonious Funk. Uh, These are people who have actually fought the good fight. Speaking of fighting, uh, email from Dr. George Verghese of Brian Robinson Jr. being shot. Writes Dr. Verghese, my wife in Alexandria at an Exxon on Route 1 across from the Potomac Yard Target as she was finishing getting gas got carjacked by a black juvenile from D.C. There were a few people together in an SUV. This was in January 2021. Nothing happened to her and her car was found in Southeast D.C., of course. Very common in this area now, My wife now carries mace and pepper spray, and I have one of my son's old seven irons to club someone with. LOL. Hope BR2 is better soon. So I wrote back Dr. Bruges asking if the cops ever found the people who carjacked his wife's car. Here was his response. Nope. But those kids or people similar to them attempted to carjack someone else at the same Exxon. But the dude they tried to jack had a gun and popped two of them. Insane. Uh, Wow. Thank you (laughs) for the emails, Dr. Verghese. Boy, it is wild out there these days. Uh, Glad that your wife came out of what happened to her okay, and glad that you have your son's old seven irons. Uh, Well, what Dr. George Verghese also has is high-level acumen. He is a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon. He is one of the nation's premier dermatologists, and he and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland provide excellent skin care. Whatever your dermatological needs may be, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Dr. George Verghese is a big Commanders fan. He's a loyal listener of this podcast. And operating under his direction is the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Your skin is a big part of who you are. It accounts for about 16% of your body weight. Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland focus on medical skin care, cosmetic procedures, and skin cancer diagnosis and comprehensive care. If you're dealing with allergic reactions, if you're dealing with acne, psoriasis, or eczema, if you're interested in procedures like Botox, laser hair removal, or chemical peels, if you are dealing with skin cancer or have dealt with skin cancer or want to get screened for skin cancer, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery. Institute of Maryland. Heck, Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer free skin cancer screenings in addition to offering advanced treatments for many skin cancers, including treatments that many other practices do not offer, like SRT, which is superficial radiation therapy. To find out more, call 301-396-3401. That's 301-396-3401. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. But call 301-396-3401. 3401. You can also visit MidAtlanticSkin.com. That's MidAtlanticSkin.com. 
For excellent and comprehensive skin care, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Ratings and reviews help out the podcast a lot. If you have never rated the podcast, please consider doing that. Uh, If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, you can give the podcast a five-star rating. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can write a review of the podcast. The review does not have to be long. can be just a sentence or two saying that you like the podcast. And thank you for doing the ratings and the reviews. So it was on Tuesday by 4 p.m. Eastern that each NFL team needed to reduce its active roster to a maximum of 53 players. Uh, We call this the formation of a team's initial 53-man roster. Uh, Keyword initial, an NFL team's 53-man roster over a course of a season, as you likely know, changes dozens of times. And when it comes to the commanders, their 53-man roster (laughs) may change a dozen or so times before the team's 2022 regular season even begins. Uh, Tuesday was August 30th. The Commander's regular season opener is on September 11th, uh, home to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Sunday afternoon, September 11th at 1. Uh, I don't know that there's an over-under for changes to the Commander's 53-man roster prior to September 11th, but if there is an over-under, that over-under should be like at least four. Uh, The Commander's initial 53-man roster has 27 offensive players versus just 23 defensive players, and then also three special teams players in kicker Joey Sly, punter Tress Way, and long snapper Cameron Cheeseman, aka the Cheeseman. Uh, But 27 offensive players versus a mere 23 defensive players. That is quite a disparity, man. Uh, Commander's head coach Rod Rivera did a post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon, and here he was on having 27 offensive players versus just 23 defensive players. Well, I, th- I think, again, as, as, as what that does for us, it, it, it gives us an opportunity to kind of continue to, to, to work on our on our roster. You know, we have some guys that, you know, we have to look at and evaluate um, and then go from there as far as health is concerned. And, and that, that will help us as far as, um, you know, what that um, what that total unit will look like come game day uh, a week from Sunday. Yeah, so as Ron Rivera said, quote, continue to work on our roster, end quote. Uh, What was as clear as could be from Ron during his post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon was that the commander's 53-man roster is far from a finished product. And by the way, it is on Wednesday that each NFL team can put together a practice squad of up to 16 players. So right now, it's pointless to go crazy over what exactly the commander's 53-man roster looks like and who the team cut, because changes almost certainly are coming, and a good number of the players who the commander's cut figure to wind up on the team's practice squad. Uh, That said, I do want to get into some of what happened on Tuesday. Uh, Next segment, I'll talk commander's defense. This segment, let us talk commander's offense. And first of all, running back Brian Robinson Jr. I think that I'm going to start calling Brian Robinson Jr. RoboCop, okay? That fits given his last name, right? Robinson, RoboCop, I don't know. There is some sort of a connection there. But the news with this guy off him having been shot multiple times in Washington, D.C. on Sunday continues to be nothing short of outstanding. He on Sunday got shot in a leg and hip. 
He on Monday morning on Instagram put out a photo, presumably from his hospital room, with the words, quote, surgery went well, thanks for the prayers, God is great, end quote. He later on Monday was released from the hospital. We found that out on Tuesday morning. He then later on Tuesday made the commander's 53-man roster, and he also on Tuesday showed up at the commander's facility in Ashburn, Virginia. He was on crutches, but he otherwise looked great. I mean, keep in mind, Brian Robinson Jr. on Sunday took on the two jerks trying to jack him. Brian wrestled a firearm away from one suspect before the other suspect shot Brian, and here he was just two days later, two days later at the team facility. Brian Robinson Jr. absorbed multiple bullets on Sunday and was back at the team facility on Tuesday. (laughs) I mean, that's unbelievable. He's RoboCop. He's unstoppable. Uh, Now, it's not a given that Brian Robinson Jr. is going to be staying on the commander's 53-man roster. It is possible that the commanders will place him on the reserve non-football injury or illness list, the NFI list. Uh, Brian going on the NFI list would mean that he would have to miss the commander's first four regular season games at least. But what now is obvious is that the expectation is that he will be playing for the commanders this season. And in fact, we on Tuesday learned that Brian Robinson Jr. did not suffer any structural damage in being shot in a leg and hip. Uh, Take a listen to this. NFL insider Mike Garofolo of NFL Network and NFL.com on Tuesday on Brian Robinson Jr. Brian Robinson, the commander's running back out of the hospital, uh, doing relatively well considering what has happened Uh, the last couple of days for him. First of all, lucky to be alive. We have said that. We've made that clear. That's number one. Number two, sounds like he's very fortunate from a football standpoint with the impact of the bullet that hit him in the knee. Apparently missed all of the major parts of the knee. Ligaments, tendons, bone went through his knee and somehow did not create massive damage. Now, the timeline for Brian Robinson is still TBD. He is on the active roster. Andrew, you talked about the commanders already getting down to their 53-man roster. He's on the active roster. He was not placed on the non-football injury list or anything like that that would knock him out for the first four weeks. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be back within that window. It's just the commanders, I am told, are keeping their options open with him. But there is the potential that he could be back sooner than a lot of people thought. Brian Robinson, very fortunate that he did not suffer massive damage in that knee when that bullet went through there. Great news for him. Yes, it is. Uh, So the commander's initial 53-man roster has four running backs, Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, and Jonathan Williams. Uh, Yes, Jonathan Williams made the initial 53-man roster over Jarrett Patterson. Uh, The commanders on Tuesday did release Patterson. Uh, Washington in May 2021 signed Patterson as an undrafted rookie running back at a Buffalo, uh, for which he was a stud. Uh, Patterson for Buffalo, three consecutive 1,000-yard rushing seasons, 2018 through 2020. He, over his three seasons for the Bulls of Buffalo, averaged 6.11 yards per carry, totaled 52 rushing touchdowns. Uh, he's a local. He went to St. Vincent Pilate High School in Laurel, Maryland. Uh, Jarrett Patterson was a darling, heck, maybe the darling, of Washington's 2021 preseason, but he in the 2021 regular season didn't do much. And over the course of training camp and the preseason this year, 
it felt like Jonathan Williams had surpassed Jarrett Patterson. I know that I felt that way, and sure enough, Williams on Tuesday made the commander's initial 53-man roster over Patterson. Uh, Jonathan Williams, he was taken by the Buffalo Bills in the fifth round of the 2016 NFL Draft out of Arkansas. Uh, Washington, last December 8th, signed Williams off the New York Giants practice squad. Uh, This was due to running back Wendell Smallwood. Remember him uh, being banged up coming out of Washington's win at the Las Vegas Raiders in Week 13. Washington, last November 2nd, had released Jonathan Williams from its practice squad. Uh, And then Washington signed Williams back last December 8th. That actually marked a third stint for Williams with Washington. And then Washington, this past January 11th, announced the signing of Williams to a contract extension, uh, what was a one-year extension. Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on if the Brian Robinson Jr. situation impacted what the commanders did in having Jonathan Williams on their initial 53-man roster. Well, it did impact it, obviously, but Jonathan had a good camp. He really did as well. He's another guy that you sit there and say, wow, this is guys that have progressed, have learned, have gotten better, and that's what he's done. He's gotten better and better with his opportunities. So, you know, keeping him, you know, really was was something that turned out to be a plus for us. Okay, and then this was Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on why he kept Jonathan Williams over Jarrett Patterson. Yeah, as we look at as we look at the roster, you know we have three quality backs, and, and I'm counting Brian right now. Um, and as we look at it, we also felt, um, you know, that um, that Jonathan had a good camp as well. I mean, he, you could look at him, and, um, he and Jared, and just say, well, they're pretty equal, but their skill sets are different. Uh, and when you look at it, Jonathan's very similar in style to Brian, and you know that's what we're looking for right now. All right, so that was notable from Ron Rivera, him highlighting the significance of Jonathan Williams having a similar style to that of Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, The commanders on their initial 53-man roster have six receivers. Uh, They are Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dodson, Cam Sims, De'Ami Brown, and Dax Milne. Uh, The commanders on Tuesday released Alex Erickson. Uh, The commanders this past May 4th announced the signing of Erickson as an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Erickson came into the NFL in 2016 with the Cincinnati Bengals as an undrafted free agent out of Wisconsin. He played for the Bengals from 2016 through 2020, played for the Carolina Panthers in 2021. So Alex Erickson was kind of, sort of, a member of the Carolina Mafia. Uh, He was kind of, sort of, a commander. Uh, But he's also an accomplished return man. Uh, Erickson, over his six NFL seasons, has just 96 receptions over 97 regular season games. But Erickson, over his six NFL seasons, has been used a lot on both punt and kickoff returns. Uh, He has averaged 8.1 yards over 158 career regular season punt returns and has averaged 24.8 yards over 110 career regular season kickoff returns. So he was very much an option to be a primary returner for the commanders. But Erickson, for now, is gone. And Dax Milne is set to be the commander's primary punt returner. Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon confirmed that. Uh, Ron also indicated that either Dax or Antonio Gibson will be the commander's primary kickoff returner, although there are others who could be in the mix. You know, a lot of this is depending on what happens with Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, If Antonio Gibson has to serve as the team's number one running back, uh, then he will not be the team's number one kickoff returner. But if slash when Brian Robinson Jr. is good to go, uh, then Antonio Gibson does seem to be said to be the team's number one kickoff returner. Uh, How about what happened at tight end for the commanders 
in their cut down to 53. They kept five tight ends. Yeah, five tight ends. I can't remember Washington ever having done that. Uh, Logan Thomas, John Bates, Cole Turner, Armani Rogers, and Curtis Hodges. They all made the team's initial 53-man roster. Now, nobody should be shocked if the Commanders do not have five tight ends on the 53-man roster for long. I think that a lot of this has to do with uncertainty regarding a number of these guys. Uh, Logan Thomas, will he be good to go for week one as he continues to recover from a torn left ACL, MCL, and meniscus that he suffered in the win at the Las Vegas Raiders this past December 5th? Uh, John Bates is working back from a calf injury. Cole Turner is working back from a hamstring injury. Curtis Hodges is working back from a thigh injury. And Armani Rogers, he's healthy as far as we know. Uh, and he shined enough to where he made the initial 53-man roster. Good for him. Armani Rogers, undrafted rookie out of Ohio. Uh, he in a five-season collegiate career, 2017 through 2021, was a quarterback at both UNLV and Ohio. Uh, also was used in offensive packages in other ways. But Armani Rogers, like Logan Thomas, making this transition from quarterback to tight end. Uh, Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon did confirm that the commanders keeping five tight ends on the team's initial 53-man roster is in large part about injury uncertainty. Take a listen. I think when you look at the tight end position, you know, we, we, we kept five for a reason because we like all five. We, we, we think that there is a place for those guys. Um, and again, that is also a position that we're still working through the roster and some clarification as far as guys' statuses. Yeah, there you go. I want to add this. Uh, while Cole Turner is a tight end in name, uh, he actually, in a lot of ways, is a receiver. He's not known for his blocking. He's someone who is skilled enough as a pass catcher to where you can line him up on the outside. I wouldn't be stunned if the commanders internally are viewing Cole Turner almost as much as another receiver as they are viewing him as another tight end. Uh, this, in a lot of ways, was how the Redskins came to view Jordan Reed. Uh, offensive line, the commanders on their initial 53-man roster have nine offensive linemen. Uh, no big surprises. Uh, the nine guys are Charles Leno Jr., Samuel Cosme, Cornelius Lucas, Chase Rullier, Andrew Norwell, Trey Turner, Wes Schweitzer, Sadiq Charles, and Chris Paul. Uh, the commanders on Tuesday did release guard Wes Martin, uh, who the team just last Wednesday afternoon claimed off waivers from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Redskins took Martin in the fourth round of the 2019 NFL Draft out of Indiana. Uh, Wes Martin, over his two regular seasons with Washington, 2019 and 2020, did start 10 games. The New York Giants this past September signed Wes Martin off Washington's practice squad. Uh, also, the commanders on Tuesday placed center Keith Ismail on the reserve injured list. Uh, this is Tyler Larson is on the reserve physically unable to perform list due to an Achilles injury that he suffered in the loss to the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field last December 12th. So the commanders are lacking in depth at center, uh, although West Schweitzer can play both guard and center. And uh, actually, Sadiq Charles has gotten some work at center in recent weeks. And last, but obviously not least, quarterback. Uh, the commanders on their initial 53-man roster have three quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, and Sam Howell. Uh, I am glad that the team has three quarterbacks on the 53-man roster. To me, in today's NFL, you need three quarterbacks in whom you have at least reasonable trust on the 53-man roster. Quarterback is just too important of a position, especially if you do not have a true franchise quarterback. And at least as things stand right now, we cannot say 
that the Commanders have a true franchise quarterback. And of course, if we have learned anything with Washington over the last four seasons, it is to expect the unexpected at quarterback over the course of a season. Washington has started at least three different quarterbacks in each of the last four regular seasons. Uh, 2018, Alex Smith, Colt McCoy, Mark Sanchez, and Josh Johnson. 2019, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, and Dwayne Haskins. 2020, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, and Alex Smith, and then Taylor Heineke, if you count the postseason. 2021, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, and Garrett Gilbert. Uh, Three quarterbacks, not two quarterbacks, uh, is the way to go on the 53-man roster, certainly for our team. Well, the way to go, if you want your lawn to look good, is Weedman. A beautiful spring lawn actually starts in the fall, so if your lawn isn't looking as you want it to look, get with Weedman. Weedman cares for your lawn so that you don't have to. Weedman provides what your lawn needs to look great, fertilization, weed control, aeration, seeding, and a variety of other services. If you do not have the time or the knowledge to make your lawn look great, no worries. Let Weedman Take care of your lawn and take advantage of a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. A fall tune-up at a great price and aeration and two fall fertilization services for just $219. Uh, that's about $100 off the usual price for those services. Call 571-340-3400 and mention the Al Galdi podcast for the special offer. Uh, Weedman is a national network of locally owned franchises, so you'll receive the personal service that you deserve. Uh, Weedman's products are of the highest quality, uh, the best weed controls, state certified seed. Uh, Weedman's secret sauce is the fertilizer. All of Weedman's organic based fertilizer applications feature 65% super slow release nitrogen that feed your roots slowly and effectively. You see, Weedman has a mastery of the science behind a great lawn. And so put Weedman to work for you. A beautiful spring lawn starts in the fall. So take advantage of this special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. A fall tune-up at a great price. An aeration and two fall fertilization services for just $219. That's about $100 off the usual price for those services. Call 571-340-3400 and mention the Al Galdi podcast for the special offer. That's 571 571- 340-3400 and mention the Al Galdi podcast. You can also Google Weedman and make a web request. Just make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast. Weedman, a great lawn at a great price with great personal service. All right, let's talk commander's defense off the formation on Tuesday of the team's initial 53-man roster for the 2022 season. When I last segment talked about how changes are coming to the commander's initial 53-man roster, uh, one of the biggest reasons that I said that is the commander's situation at corner. The commanders on their initial 53-man roster have four corners. Uh, That's it, four corners. The commanders on their initial 53-man roster have four Four corners and five tight ends. How bonkers is that? Uh, the four corners are Kendall Fuller, William Jackson the third, Benjamin St. Juice, and Kristen Holmes. Uh, that's it. Uh, the Commanders on Tuesday in their cut down to 53 released Danny Johnson and Corn Elder. Uh, those two guys getting released and may have been the two biggest surprises from the Commanders on Tuesday, mainly because the team is lacking in obvious depth at corner. And now you have to say that the depth is razor thin. And so that's why it certainly seems that a move or two 
is coming by the commanders, especially at corner. Uh, here was Commander's head coach Rod Rivera at his post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon on cutting both Danny Johnson and Corn Elder. Again, just um, as we go through this, you know, we're not done. I'll just leave it at that. There you go. Rod Rivera, quote, we're not done, end quote. Change is coming to the Commander's initial 53-man roster. Don Ron said it so on Tuesday. Uh, both Danny Johnson and Corn Elder would seem to be obvious candidates for the practice squad. The Commanders this past March 23rd announced the re-signing of Johnson as an unrestricted free agent. The Commanders actually re-signed Johnson on the one-year anniversary of re-signing him in the 2021 offseason. Uh, Washington on March 23rd, 2021 announced the re-signing of Johnson, and that came off Washington in the 2021 offseason having non-tendered Johnson, who had been set to be a restricted free agent. He instead became an unrestricted free agent. Uh, but Danny Johnson had an interesting 2021. Like I said, he got non-tendered by Washington, but then was re-signed by Washington. But Washington on August 31st, 2021, released Johnson in the cut down to 53, but the team the next day signed him to the practice squad. Uh, Washington this past October 5th signed Johnson from the practice squad to the active roster. And Johnson actually ended up playing a good bit as the 2021 regular season went on. Uh, Danny Johnson had not played on a defensive snap for Washington in a regular season game since December 22nd, 2019, but he started playing quite a bit on defense, beginning with the loss at the Green Bay Packers in week seven of last season. Danny Johnson's playing time percentages over Washington's final 11 games in the 2021 regular season were 61, 23, 31, 27, 49, 54, 33, 62, 66, 100, and 42. Uh, he played a good bit. Danny Johnson, in fact, became Washington's primary nickel corner as the 2021 season went on. But he did not have a good 2022 preseason, including a woeful play in the commander's preseason ending 17-15 loss at the Baltimore Ravens this past Saturday night. Ravens, third offensive drive, second snap of the drive, second snap of the second quarter. Danny Johnson got torched by receiver Demarcus Robinson on quarterback Anthony Brown's early second quarter, second and six, 67-yard shotgun touchdown bomb to Robinson, who, as you may recall, high-stepped into the end zone. Uh, Danny Johnson in the 2020 regular season played in 14 games, but uh, he did not play on a single defensive snap. He in the 2020 regular season was Washington's primary kickoff returner for a second time in three seasons. The Redskins signed Johnson as an undrafted free agent at a Southern University in April 2018. He was a preseason darling for the Skins in 2018. Uh, he has played for the team in every season since then, 2018 through 2021. Uh, we'll see what happens with this coming season. Uh, as for Corn Elder, uh, Washington last October 13th signed him off the Carolina Panthers practice squad. Uh, and then Washington this past January 11th announced having signed Elder to a contract extension. But among the corners who made the commander's initial 53-man roster is Christian Holmes. Uh, the commanders took Holmes in the seventh round of the 2022 NFL draft out of Oklahoma State. You figured that he was an obvious practice squad candidate. Him making the initial 53-man roster, I think, is a surprise when you look at what expectations were going into training camp 
and the preseason. Kristen Holmes, by the way, was a college football player for six seasons. Uh, Holmes was at Missouri for five seasons, 2016 through 2020, then played for Oklahoma State in 2021 as a graduate transfer. How many players ever can say that they played college football for six seasons as Kristen Holmes did? Rod Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on Kristen Holmes. I think there's a couple of young guys that really stepped up. You know, Christian Holmes is one of the names that comes to mind right away. I mean, he was a late-round pick, and a lot of times you try to, you know, slide the kid by and put him on practice squad. But he had a really strong camp. He really did. He did a lot of good things. He showed his worth very quickly. Um, I think he's a guy that I'm not going to necessarily say surprise, but but a guy that worked his into to the question earlier. Did he did work himself onto the roster? Um, that was and that was really good to see. So just four corners for the Commanders on their initial 53-man roster, which does have five safeties. Uh, They are Cameron Curl, Bobby McCain, Derek Forrest, Percy Butler, and Jeremy Reeves. Uh, Yes, Jeremy Reeves made the team. Uh, Good for him. Uh, Jeremy Reeves had a terrific showing at the Ravens this past Saturday night, both on defense and on special teams. And he has been rewarded by making the Commanders' initial 53-man roster. It has been a wild last few years for Jeremy Reeves. Reeves entered the NFL as an undrafted free agent out of South Alabama with the Philadelphia Eagles in April 2018. The Redskins signed him to their practice squad in September 2018, promoted him to the active roster in December 2018. Uh, Reeves was waived by Washington, and it's cut down to 53 for each of the next two seasons, 2019 and 2020, but was signed back to the practice squad to begin each season. Uh, Reeves ended up being a hero for Washington in its NFC East winning 2020 season. Uh, Washington on October 27th, 2020 promoted Reeves from the practice squad to the active roster. Uh, This was the corresponding roster move to placing safety Landon Collins on the reserve injured list due to a ruptured Achilles tendon. Uh, You may remember this. Ron Rivera in October 2020 revealed that he chose to promote Reeves from the practice squad to the active roster as opposed to signing former Carolina Panthers safety Eric Reed to the active roster. Reed was an unrestricted free agent, and we then came to find out that Washington had offered Reed a practice squad spot that he had declined. Uh, Said Eric Reed to the Associated Press, quote, I just don't think playing on the practice squad is reflective or indicative of my career, end quote. Uh, Okay, I mean, more power to Eric Reed, but he has not played in the NFL since then. Uh, Jeremy Reeves ended up being very good for Washington down the stretch in the 2020 season. Reeves in the 2020 season started each of Washington's last three regular season games and started the playoff game. He started the loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field in the wildcard round. Uh, Reeves in the 2020 regular season registered an overall grade for pro football focus of 81.2. That's quite good. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. And Reeves made some big plays. Uh, The 2014 win at the Eagles on Sunday Night Football in Week 17 to clinch the NFC East. Uh, Reeves in that game played on 100% of Washington's defensive snaps and had a fourth-quarter interception. Uh, He on the first offensive drive for the Eagles with the former Redskins quarterback, Nate Sudfeld, in the game, had a fourth-quarter, third-and-six interception of a Sudfeld pass as the Eagles uh, tappy-tap-tapped out of that game in pulling Jalen Hurts and inserting Nate Sudfeld at quarterback. And then Reeves in the 31-23 loss to the Bucs in the playoffs uh, blocked kicker Ryan Suckup's extra point attempt that followed quarterback Tom Brady's first quarter, third and three, 36-yard touchdown bomb to receiver Antonio Brown, keeping the Bucs lead on Washington 
at 9 nothing. But then came last season. Uh, Washington, on August 31st, 2021, released Jeremy Reeves in the cut down to 53. The team the next day did sign him to the practice squad. He, in the 2021 regular season, played in just five of Washington's 17 games. The team, even with all of its problems in the secondary, like refused to go to Reeves for the longest time. Uh, Washington, this past January 8th, did sign Reeves from the practice squad to the active roster of having activated him from the practice squad to the active roster as a COVID replacement for each of Washington's previous four games. And now here we are. Uh, Jeremy Reeves has made the commander's initial 53-man roster for the 2022 season. Congrats to him. Quite a ride for Jeremy Reeves in the NFL. Rod Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on Jeremy Reeves making the commander's initial 53-man roster. Well, he earned it, and I'm very proud of him because I told him, I said, you know, just so you know, I'm very proud of the fact you made this team. And um, when we were sitting there talking about it, I stayed out of it. Uh, they, they, All the coaches felt this guy came, played, did the things that he needed to do, showed us what he's capable of, um, and he's a guy that um, earned his spot. So very proud of that. Yeah, good stuff with Jeremy Reeves. Uh, the commanders on their initial 53-man roster have five linebackers, but not among them is Kalik Hudson. Uh, the commanders on Tuesday released Kalik Hudson. The Redskins took Kalik Hudson in the fifth round of the 2020 NFL Draft out of Michigan. Uh, Kalik Hudson, hybrid linebacker safety type. He just never did much of anything on defense for Washington. Like, the idea of Kalik Hudson ended up being much greater than the reality. He did play a good bit on special teams, but he as a linebacker slash safety never popped. And he, over the last month, was pretty clearly outdone by Derek Forrest in the battle for the number one Buffalo nickel spot on the Commanders. Uh, the Commanders, five linebackers on the initial 53-man roster are Cole Holcomb, Jamin Davis, David Mayo, Milo Eifler, and Dijon Harris. Uh, Washington, last December 7th, signed Milo Eifler off the Miami Dolphins practice squad, and then the Commanders this past March 17th announced having re-signed Milo. Uh, here was Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on Milo Eifler. I think when you look at the way um, Emo played, uh, Milo had a really, really strong camp. He showed great progress, great development, um, and his speed really stood out uh, amongst the linebackers. He, he, he runs well. He runs like Jamin. He runs like Cole. So I think Milo just earned that spot, um, and he did some really good things on special teams. Um, I, I think he's a guy that you know, you you as you watch him and get a chance to watch him on tape, you see him progress continually. All right, and then the Commanders on their initial 53-man roster have nine defensive linemen. Uh, they are Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Duran Payne, Fedarian Mathis, James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, F.A. Obata, Shaka Tony, and Daniel Wise. Uh, remember, Chase Young is on the reserve physically unable to perform list due to the torn right ACL that he suffered in the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field last November 14th. The notable defensive lineman who the commanders released on Tuesday was William Bradley King, uh, who Washington took in the seventh round of the 2021 NFL Draft out of Baylor. Uh, also in the seventh round of the 2021 draft was Washington taking Shaka Tony out of Penn State. Shaka Tony had a nice preseason. Uh, go back to the commander's second preseason game, the 24-14 loss at the Kansas City Chiefs on August 20th. Third quarter, Shaka Tony, a great speed rush for a third and seven sack of Shane Bouchel for a 70-yard loss as Tony abused former Washington offensive tackle Jaron Christian for the sack. Uh, Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon was asked if any player made 
the commander's initial 53-man roster in large part due to being impressive on special teams? Here was his answer. I'll tell you a guy that really did a nice job and, and really kind of came through with Shaka Tony. He had, a, he had a really strong finish to camp and really did some good things working on special teams. He's got a ways to go, still some things to learn, but just his effort, overall effort, was really terrific. Um, and it was exciting to watch him really kind of uh, progress and step up. Yeah, second straight year that Shaka Tony makes Washington's initial 53-man roster. Second straight year that William Bradley King does not make Washington's Initial 53-man roster, although he, like so many others who the Commanders released on Tuesday, is a practice squad candidate. Up next, I'm talking Nationals. Uh, Tuesday, shall we say, not a good day for the Nats. Uh, A double whammy of bad news regarding two of the team's top prospects, and then an embarrassing loss to the second-worst team in the majors, Uh, Because the Nats are the worst team in the majors. Uh, A full breakdown of a not-so-good Tuesday for the Nats is straight ahead. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, in a 2022 national season that has been filled with a number of bad days, uh, we on Tuesday had one of the worst days for the Nats in their 2022 season. Uh, During the day, we found out that not one, but two of the Nats' top prospects are essentially done for the season. And then at night, the Nats got smashed at home by the second worst team in the majors, the Oakland A's, 10-6. The final to the A's at Nationals Park in game one of a three-game series. Uh, The A's now are 49-81. and They have the worst record in the American League and the second-worst record in the majors. The Nats have the worst record in the majors, now 43-86. and And the Nats have the worst run differential in the majors at minus 220. But before we do more on the game, I got to get 
to what came out during the day on Tuesday. Uh, Not one, but two top Nats prospects essentially done for the season. Uh, Nats manager Davey Martinez in a pregame press conference on Tuesday afternoon announced that the Nats will be placing starting pitcher Cade Cavalli on an injured list due to right shoulder inflammation. Uh, yeah, this came out of nowhere. Uh, now, Davey would not say that Cade Cavalli's season is over, but Cade Cavalli's season is over. Um, you're not going to shut down your top pitching prospect due to right shoulder inflammation in late August, only to bring him back for maybe one outing in late September, early October. Okay, like that just does not make any sense. Uh, to me, Cade Cavalli's season is over. Uh, this announcement came just five days after Cavalli's much-anticipated Major League regular season debut. Uh, he, the day after the debut, played catch, felt shoulder tightness after around 10 throws, um, and now he's going to be shut down, put on an injured list, and uh, for all intents and purposes, is done for the season. Uh, the Nats this past Friday selected the contract of Cade Cavalli from AAA Rochester. MLB Pipeline ranks him as the number 58 prospect in baseball. There was an excitement for Cade Cavalli's Major League regular season debut this past Friday. And look, the debut did not go well. 7-3 loss to the Cincinnati Reds at Nationals Park this past Friday night. Cavalli, seven runs in four and a third innings. He gave up six hits, three doubles and three singles. He issued two walks and three hit by pitches. He did record six strikeouts, but he over his four into third innings threw 99 pitches, 57 strikes versus 42 balls. And Cavalli had obvious grip issues. He was constantly rubbing dirt on his throwing hand. He sweated a lot last Friday night and the sweat and, you know, maybe some nerves seemed to get to him. But you know what? The game was supposed to be the beginning of hopefully a nice first month plus for Cade Cavalli in the majors to end his 2022 season. And instead now, his season is essentially done. I mean, this really is bad news. And if you're a Nats fan, this is such discouraging news. There has been so little to look forward to this Nats season. Watching Cade Cavalli pitch down the stretch of the season was something to look forward to. And now that's gone bye-bye. Uh, here was Davey Martinez during his pregame press conference on Tuesday afternoon on Cade Cavalli. The way I look at it is that he's done so well in his progression. Um, the fact that he came up here and got a start is awesome. And that's a testament to how hard he's worked to get better. So uh, that's that's the way you know we're looking at it. That's what I told Kate how to look at it. I said, this is just the beginning of a, a long future, right, for you pitching in a big league. So, um, and, he did, and like I said, he did well. So let's let's just focus on that and uh, get you healthy. And then, like I said, you're going to pitch many, many games. You're going to win many, many games for us, too. So, um, And he, he understands that. But he's, you know, like I said, he's about as positive as, as they come. He really is. I mean, he's he's a go-getter. And, uh, and his focus is trying to help us win as many games as possible, whenever that is. Yeah. Now, there doesn't seem to be major concern long-term with Cade Cavalli's right shoulder inflammation. But if you're the Nats, you know, you do obviously want to be careful with the guy. And so putting him on an injured list and shutting him down is the right way to go. I don't blame the Nats for treating Cavalli 
as they're treating him. It just is such a buzzkill that we're not going to get to watch this guy pitch and hopefully develop down the stretch of this season. And it wasn't just the Cade Cavalli news on Tuesday for the Nats. Uh, One of the Nats' top position playing prospects is shortstop Brady House. The Nats took House with the number 11 pick in the 2021 MLB draft out of a high school in Georgia. He is ranked as the Nats' number five prospect for MLB Pipeline, but he has been out for months with a back injury. We have received very little information about the Brady House situation. To me, it's been kind of eerie that we haven't heard more about what exactly is going on with this guy and this back issue. I mean, he has been on the seven-day injured list since June 23rd. Well, Jake Lowry, uh, the manager of the Nats' low-A affiliate, the Fredericksburg Nationals, uh, he on Tuesday revealed to Fredericksburg.com that the idea with House now is to get him ready for spring training. So it certainly seems as if Brady House is essentially done for the season. Uh, Not good. Not good. And, you know, with Kate Cavalli, at least it feels like, okay, right shoulder inflammation, probably not a long-term deal. Although you never know with pitchers, but probably not something that has to keep you up at night. This Brady House thing, I don't know. This back issue that has kept him out for more than two months, and now it seems is ending his season, uh, that doesn't sound good. That a guy that young, age 19 season, is having back issues like this. Uh, Certainly wish... Cade Cavalli and Brady House the best, but especially with this Brady House situation, A, that a guy this young has back problems, and B, that the Nats have been so secretive about the Brady House situation doesn't make you feel great if you're a Nats fan. And keep this in mind, too, everything that we're talking about here comes off Davey Martinez in a pregame press conference on August 18th, having confirmed that another Nats prospect, starting pitcher Cole Henry, uh, would be undergoing surgery for thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh, Henry is the Nats' number six prospect for MLB Pipeline. The Nats are the worst team in the majors. The Nats need all of the help that they can get from their prospects. And instead, we, we have had one bad item after another regarding Nats' prospects lately. Heck, the Nats' number three prospect for MLB Pipeline, outfielder James Wood, uh, who is, in fact, the number 35 prospect in all of baseball for MLB Pipeline. Uh, He's now dealing with a knee issue, and he was not in the Fredericksburg Nationals lineup on Tuesday night. I tell you, the hits just keep on coming for the Nats. Uh, As for the Nats' 10-6 loss to the A's at Nationals Park on Tuesday night. Uh, Actually, the hits did keep coming for the Nats. The Nats hit in this game, but uh, more hits came from the A's. Uh, Eric Fetty got shellacked in this game. Six runs in two and two-thirds innings. He gave up nine hits, a homer, two doubles, and six singles. He issued a walk, did record four strikeouts, but Fetty over his two and two-thirds innings threw 76 pitches, 46 strikes, versus 30 balls. This was vintage, inefficient Eric Fetty. And all of this happened against an A's team that has been putrid offensively this season. The A's entered Tuesday number 28 out of 30 major league teams in team-weighted runs created plus for the 2022 regular season at 83. Just know that 100 is average, above 100 is good, below 100 is bad. 
Uh, the A's had a team weighted runs created plus for the 2022 regular season of 83 entering Tuesday. And yet, Eric Fetty got shelled by these same A's. Uh, Eric Fetty now in the 2022 regular season, 21 major league starts, ERA of 529, a whip of 156. You know, Fetty has pitched well at times this season. Fetty, in fact, over his first nine starts of the 2022 regular season, had an ERA of 355. He was doing pretty well. But since then, things have not gone so well for Eric Fetty. He missed time due to right shoulder inflammation. Uh, He was on the 15-day injured list retroactively from July 27th to August 23rd due to the right shoulder inflammation. Uh, But he was good in his return game, a 4-2 loss at the Seattle Mariners now two Tuesday nights ago, August 23rd. Fetty in that game, two runs in five innings, six strikeouts versus one walk. He gave up just three hits, a homer and two singles, but Fetty on Tuesday night against the A's at Nationals Park was not good. Uh, He was really bad, and that's the thing with Eric Fetty. While he has had a good number of, like, solid starts this season, he also has had multiple blow-up starts, and uh, boy, did he have a blow-up start on Tuesday night against the A's. Uh, Five Nats relievers on Tuesday night combined to allow four runs in six into third innings. Hunter Harvey officially tossed one and a third scoreless innings with two strikeouts, although he did the first batter he faced, gave up a two-out, two-run double to Tony Kemp down the right field line and uh, off the sidewall for a 6-4 A's lead in their five-run third. Those runs were charged to Eric Fetty, the guy who really made a mess of things in terms of relievers on Tuesday night for the Nats, Steve Ciszek. Uh, Ciszek in the top of the fifth allowed four runs. He issued two walks, gave up a single, and then gave up a two-out grand slam to Sean Murphy to left center field for a 10-5 A's lead, despite him having been down to the count at 1.12. The homer went a projected 420 feet per stat cast. Ciszek uh, in the inning threw 33 pitches, 17 strikes versus 16 balls. Uh, Erasmo Ramirez was good, two scoreless innings. Victor Arano was good, perfect top of the eighth. Jake McGee was good, a scoreless top of the ninth. Uh, the shame of this game for the Nats on Tuesday night was that they, for once seemingly, actually hit uh, six runs, 11 hits to go with a walk. Joey Manessis was outstanding. Manessis on Tuesday night as an Nats starting right fielder and number two batter, three for five with two RBI doubles and another double. Joey Manessis on Tuesday night became the first rookie in Nats slash Expos history to have at least three doubles in a regular season game. Uh, Manessis in an ad's two-run first had a double down the left field line despite having been down to the count at 1.12. Manessis in an ad's two-run second had a one-out opposite field RBI double to right field for a 4-1 Nats lead. Yeah, the Nats led in this game 4-1, ended up losing 10-6. And Manessis in an ad's one-run fourth had a two-out full count RBI double to left field to cut the Nats deficit to 6-5 despite having been down to the count at one point. 0-2, and that double concluded a 10-pitch plate appearance for Manessis. He is really proving himself to be a very nice hitter. Joey Manessis now, over 94 career Major League regular season plate appearances, all of which have come since the Nats on August 2nd, what was MLB trade deadline day, selected his contract from AAA Rochester in what is, remember, his age 30 season and what was his 10th minor league season. 
has an OPS of 1,001. 1,001 is your Joey Manessis OPS since the Nats brought him up from AAA Rochester. And like I said, he was brought up on August 2nd, LLB trade deadline day, i.e. the day on which the Nats traded right fielder Juan Soto and first baseman Josh Bell to the San Diego Padres. I mean, Manessis has been Soto-esque since being called up from AAA Rochester. And yes, I did say Soto-esque. Uh, Lane Thomas on Tuesday night had a good game. He was an ad starting left fielder at number one batter. He went two for four with a solo homer, an RBI single, and a walk. Thomas in an ad's two run first, a leadoff homer to left center field to tie the game at one. The homer went a projected 422 feet per stat cast. Thomas in an ad's two run second, one out RBI single through the left side of the infield for a 3 1 Nats lead. And Thomas in an ad's one run fourth, a two out eight-pitch walk. Uh, Luis Garcia homered on Tuesday night. He was an ad starting second baseman at number six batter, one for four with a solo homer. Uh, that came in an ad's one run eighth, a leadoff opposite field homer to left center field to cut the Nats deficit to 10-6. Uh, two other items from the game. Uh, Davey Martinez notably had the struggling C.J. Abrams batting ninth. Uh, C.J. Abrams was an ad starting shortstop and number nine batter. He had been batting sixth, seventh, or eighth. Uh, Abrams on Tuesday night, one for three with a single and a hit by pitch. And so with C.J. Abrams batting ninth, not batting ninth on Tuesday night, was the Nats' usual number nine batter these days, at least when he bats uh, near the bottom of the order, Victor Robles. Uh, he was an ad starting center fielder and number eight batter. He went two for four with two singles, but he had yet another base running blunder. Uh, Robles in the Nats' two-run second had a one-out single up the middle. Robles in the Nats' one-run fourth had a leadoff infield single down the third baseline on an 0-2 pitch, but he later in the inning got picked off and caught stealing second base for the second out. Uh, this is just who Victor Robles is. I mean, he does this, it feels like, once every few games. Did it again on Tuesday night as the Nats once again this season had a runner thrown out on the base pass. Game two for the Nats against the A's at Nationals Park, Wednesday night at 7.05. Anibal Sanchez will be the Nats' starting pitcher. Well, more bad offense for the Orioles on Tuesday night. Uh, they totaled one hit. Uh, yes, one hit. Uh, and not surprisingly, they lost. Uh, a 5-1 loss at the American League Central leading Cleveland Guardians in game one of a three-game series. The O's now are 67-61 and and three games behind the Toronto Blue Jays for the American League's third wildcard spot. Now, we on Tuesday night did have some exciting Orioles news. Uh, the team reportedly is adding two of the organization's top prospects to the team's taxi squad. Uh, those prospects, shortstop slash third baseman Gunnar Henderson, who per MLB Pipeline is the number two prospect in baseball, and lefty pitcher D.L. Hall, who per MLB Pipeline is the number 92 prospect in baseball. He is a starting pitcher, but the Yos are going to be using him as a relief pitcher at the major league level this season. So these two guys are being added to the Orioles taxi squad. When exactly the O's will be activating these guys, not yet clear, but logic would suggest that the O's will activate 
Henderson and Hall uh, when Major League rosters expand from 26 to 28 on Thursday, which will be September 1st. Uh, the O's would have to clear a 40-man roster spot for Gunnar Henderson, but help is on the way to of the Orioles' top prospects. The Orioles' farm system is loaded. I have been talking about this for quite some time. Uh, the O's per MLB pipeline have six of the top 92 prospects in baseball, including three of the top 14 prospects in baseball. Shortstop slash third baseman Gunnar Henderson is number two. Starting pitcher Grayson Rodriguez is number four. And shortstop Jackson Holiday is number 14. But yeah, in the meantime, the O's aren't hitting right now. The O's over their last six games have totaled just 14 runs. The O's have scored three runs or less in 10 of the team's last 16 games. Uh, Tuesday night, just one run, just one hit, four walks, over two with runners in scoring position. Uh, just no offense. Third baseman Ramona Rios had a single. That was the Orioles' only hit of the game. Hard to win when a Ramon Arias single is your only hit in a game. A strange game for the Orioles starting pitcher, Spencer Watkins. He initially was great, but he ultimately was bad. Uh, Spencer Watkins on Tuesday night retired each of the first 11 batters he faced, but he ultimately allowed five runs in four and two-thirds innings. He allowed two runs in the bottom of the fourth and three runs in the bottom of the fifth. He, for the game, gave up six hits, a homer, a double, and four singles. He did have three strikeouts versus no walks, and he did throw a lot of strikes. 70 pitches, 48 strikes, versus just 22 balls. Uh, Watkins now in the 2022 regular season, 19 major league games, 18 starts, ERA of 426. Uh, good night for the Orioles' bullpen. Three Orioles relievers combined for three into third scoreless innings. Keegan Aiken, two scoreless innings with three strikeouts, lowering his ERA for the 2022 regular season to 278. Game two for the O's at the Guardians, Wednesday evening at 6.10. Jordan Lyles will be the Orioles' starting pitcher. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Thursday show, episode 390. We'll have a lot more on the Commanders. Ron Rivera in his post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon, quite clear that changes are coming to the team's initial 53-man roster. Uh, will those changes start happening on Wednesday? Uh, also, on Thursday's show, lots on the Nationals and Orioles, and that's on Wednesday night at 7.05. We'll begin Game 2 of a three-game series against the American League worst Oakland A's at Nationals Park. The O's on Wednesday evening at 6.10 will begin Game 2 of a three-game series at the American League Central-leading Cleveland Guardians. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and they'll talk to you on Thursday. Again, just um, as we go through this, you know, we're not done. I'll just leave it at that. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. 
Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.